Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah? Great. Good morning, Jubilee Church. Well, it's great to be with you again this morning. And um, I don't know about you, but I've absolutely loved um, this series that we're doing um, on the Sermon on the Mount. I've learned a couple of things um, over the years of, of, of following Jesus. And um, what I've learned is that the Word of God can change you. And the Word of God can impact your heart. And um, it, it's definitely doing that. And this morning, we're going to carry on in the series. Um, oh, my name's Phil, by the way, um, in case those of you that, that don't know that are tuning in for the first time. And um, this morning, we're, we're following on from uh, where Steve left off last week. Steve did a great job in encouraging us to love our enemies. And I was really challenged by that. And, um, you know, today... Um, I don't know what your expectation is as you sit there and listen to this message, but um, your expectation should be that God will change you. I'm hoping today that God will break your heart and God will um, challenge you. God will change your heart. God will give you fresh um, vision, fresh impetus, um, a fresh love for him. And um, we're going to be looking at um, the subject of generosity, so a fresh um, love for the poor and giving to the poor. So if you've got a Bible, I hope you have. Um, if not, open your phone, get on your version, you know, get it out there, and let's read together. Uh, Matthew 6, verses 1 to 4. And the subject today is the kingdom and generosity. And the, the, in the NIV, the title is giving to the needy. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You've noticed that I've underlined the when. And it is the when. Jesus categorically states that when you give to the needy, not if. I want you, if you've got a paper Bible, I want you to underline it. Because it's really important that we need to be reminded that it's not if. It's absolutely when. And I know that in Jubilee, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, yeah? I get that, right? You know, our whole kind of like setup is about going to the needy. But maybe, maybe as an individual, there are new things that God is calling you to. You know, Jubilee, um, as a church, we are based on Isaiah 61. You know, that's our, that's our text. You know, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And we, we have that as our kind of like, you know, it's our heart, isn't it, to go to the poor and go to the needy. But, you know, there is so much more that God wants to speak to us about. And it's, it is a heart issue. Like all of these teachings on the Sermon on the Mount, it's all about how our hearts are before God. God loves the poor. There are over 2,400 scriptures that speak about the poor and justice for the poor. It's not a, a small thing to God. It's a big thing for God. It's a big interest for God. 
And, you know, I know that you get this. I know that you, that you understand this. I know that you understand that Jubilee means the year of the Lord's favor, the canceling of debts, the, the setting free from the bondage and slavery of poverty and misery. I know you understand that, but what are you, where are you in all this? That's what I want to look at today. And Jesus is teaching here um, in the Sermon on the Mount, and he, he, he's saying, you know, when you give, when you give, do it in this way. There's so many scriptures that speak about the poor. Um, some of them I absolutely love. And one of the ones that I really, really love in particular is Ezekiel 16, verse 49. Now, it won't be a familiar passage to many of you, and that's okay. But it says this. Now, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and the needy. We, we all get taught in church that Sodom and Gomorrah was all about that other thing, you know, that we don't like to talk about too much. But actually, in Ezekiel, he says that the first thing that God had against Sodom and Gomorrah was that they were fat and they were unconcerned for the poor and the needy. That tells us something about God's heart for the poor. And if, if God's heart is for the poor, then, then by his spirit who lives in us, then our hearts should be for the poor. But sometimes we put barriers up and we, 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 we don't let these things affect us because it's painful. I want to tell you that this morning. Um, I, I want to challenge you that to let God break your heart again for the poor. I want to, I want to ask by God's Spirit that he would come and, and touch your heart in such a way that your heart would be broken. And the thing is, when God breaks your heart, he, he then puts it back together again in, in a way that is more easy for him to steer you and guide you into the things of his kingdom. There is a way to give and there is a way that we should be as believers. True fasting in Isaiah 58 is about the poor. True religion in James 1 is about the poor. You see, you can't get away from it. If you Nearly every page of the book you will find in the Bible is talking about God's heart for the poor. And I love that. And obviously, my, one of my favorite verses, you'll hear me speak it loads of times before, but if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, then how can the love of God be in that person? You see, as Christians, generosity is our default. It's not something that the special people do. It's, it's our default always. Wherever we are, whether we're in church, whether at home, whether we're in work, wherever, our, our default is generosity. We should be the people in the canteen that will pay for somebody else's coffee. We are the, we are the ones that should always be um, generous when there's a, a whip round for a member of staff at work. We are the ones that should set the bar and set the example of generosity and going to the poor. And what stops us being generous? What limits us? Is it fear? Is it selfishness? Or is it simply that we've got a wrong perspective? Do you know, I've learned that um, the poorest people in the world are often the most generous. And the Bible kind of backs that up as well because in Luke 21, we get this wonderful story 
Um, Jesus looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. And then he saw a poor widow who put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all of the others. All these people gave gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. All. I've never, I've never given everything. You know, I've been challenged to. I've never given everything. This lady gave everything. I've, I've sat with people in, in all sorts of different circumstances, um, both in the city of Hull and, um, and also abroad, where I've been amazed at the generosity of the poor, which, which to my shame, often exceeds where I'm willing to go when it comes to giving. They really, really do understand. And I, I want to encourage you, if your heart's become hard, if you've become cynical over the years, I encourage you to get around the poor. Get around people in need. Put yourself there in that place. You know, go get involved in Jubilee. You know, reconnect and get involved and, you know, come along, be part of the team if you've got time. Or, or find some other way to, to go to people in need. And you'll be amazed at how um, you learn so much. I remember going and sitting with a, um, a grandma and her, her granddaughter in Malawi and how, you know, we, we, we go all the time to see this particular grandma and granddaughter and um, their lives have just been devastated. Everybody else in their family has gone um, through HIV. And I remember going and seeing them. They just harvested their, their crop of groundnuts. And, you know, she, you know, she had this big pile of peanuts, you know, and... and and then the next minute, she's, she's like trying to fill Debbie and Susan's bag with all of the nuts. That she, that's all she had. You know, she had to sell some of that to make, make, and she wanted to give it to us. Generosity. And that should be our default. We need Jesus' perspective, um, kingdom perspective. I was telling um, some people, I think it was Jason, before the start of the service, about um, when, we, when I first came to Christ, there was a, an old Pentecostal lady who used to live opposite side of the road to me called Mrs. B. And she spent all of her days in prayer and, and reading the Bible. And wow, she was just an amazing woman. And um, I would often go around to her and to ask her questions because I was like, you know, a really young Christian. And, and she had such wisdom. And I remember talking to her about giving. And she said this to me, and this has stayed with me forever. And she said, you will never outgive God. So true. You will never, ever outgive God. You, try it. I, I mean, it'd be great to try it. Next week when we have our offering, right, try and outgive God. Because, you know, you will never be able to do it. You know, because God is the one who supplies what we give in the first place. He's the one who looks after us and, and supplies our need. So God's heart is for the poor. And if you love the poor, if you love Jesus then we need to be involved in meeting the needs of the people around us. We need to allow our hearts to be broken by the terrible things that we see, the, the way that children are abused and trafficked, women trafficked and abused, the, the, the poverty that we see on the streets of the city that we can't turn away from. 
the estates where there is, you know, no church presence in the city of Hull. You know, I just want to say something, guys. If you're in this church and you, 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 all you want is like a nice Bible study and a bit of worship, you're in the wrong place. You know, you're in the wrong place. That's not who we are. We're a church that is going to be planting churches. We're going to be going to the poor. Our, the gospel is at the heart of everything we do. That's the church we are. We're missional. We're always going to be changing and things are always going to be moving. Living things grow and growing things change. There's always going to be change going on. If you want a comfortable, never changing, then there are places that you can go, but it's not here. This church will always be changing. Are you coming with us? Are you coming with us as we, we answer the call of God to proclaim the gospel and go to the poor? And where do we find the poor? Well, we find the poor everywhere. Everywhere. There's no, there's no, there's no like one special place. They're everywhere. They're in, they're in the houses next door to us right now. They're on the streets in our city center and in the, in the, the train stations. In every train station, every city center, every corner um, street in the world, wherever you go, there you will find the poor and the broken. And of course, as you're going through your life, you, you can't minister to everyone. But there are those that God will show you that you should go to. You know, sometimes I used to, um, when I worked in town, I'd be like maybe in my suit, you know, dressed up, ready to go to a meeting. And I'd be, I'd be just nipping out for a cappuccino and a bacon sarnie back in the day, you know, pre-COVID. And, um, I, you know, and I, sometimes God would speak to me and say, you know, I'd see, I'd see somebody and I thought, yeah, I've seen you, I've seen you. And I'd go over and say, do you want, you know, do you want a brew? Do you want a, do you want a sarnie? And um, go over and, and talk to that person. Sometimes even kind of like sit down with them and talk to them for quite some time. And, and I know that I can't always do that. And I, there, there are lots of times where I've not been able to do that. But I think, you know, we need to understand that we can at least treat people with dignity. There's a young girl who came to um, Faith on Alpha um, during this lockdown, Kaz, and she's, she's living in Groomsby now. And she, last night she slept out on the street with the homeless um, to see what it was like and to get a perspective. And she's got such a heart for for the homeless, and I'm really, I, I really love what she's trying to do. I really love that kind of like heart to, to understand what it's like. And she's, I think she's been quite shocked at how badly people have tried. I encourage you when you when you meet people on the street, don't ignore them, don't don't just ignore them. We don't always have money to give them, don't ignore, but just just say hi, just be friendly. You know, Jesus said, treat other people the way you want to be treated. You know, if I was in the gutter, I'd, I'd want people to at least say hi. I'd, I'd want people to, you know, maybe even ask my name. Hi, what's your name? It costs nothing. It's giving people dignity. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. And it can get you into trouble. Um, when I go to London, um, obviously London is full of people that are in need, right? If I, if, I mean, when I go to work in London, you know, if, if I was to stop for every single person, then I'd never get an outdone. Um, so, you know, you can't, you know, you can say hi, hi, and, you know, and you can bless a few people, but you can't meet every need. I understand that. But sometimes God kind of like sets you up, and um, there's one time I'm on the Northern Line. I always like the Northern Line. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a Northerner, but I always like the Northern Line. 
feel like I've achieved something when I get on the Northern Line. Um, and I'm on the Northern Line traveling to uh, King's Cross after um, I've been to a meeting. And um, as I'm sat there in the carriage, um, not speaking, being very compliant because people don't speak, um, I see this girl coming towards me with a, a McDonald's, an empty McDonald's coffee cup um, begging for money. And I think, ah, oh, no, I ain't got no money. What am I going to do? So she comes over and um, she, you know, she's like, you know, have you got, got any change? And I said, oh, I'm really sorry, um, Pet. I haven't got any change. What's your name? And she says, oh, I'm Jenny. And I said, all right, Jenny. So, you know, what are you up to? Where, where have you come from? And blah, blah, blah. And she starts to tell me a little bit about her life. And I start to listen. And obviously on the tube, everybody else is listening as well. So that's quite kind of cool, isn't it? You know, so I'm having this kind of like chat with her on the tube. And um, so she says, oh, where are you getting off? And I said, well, I'm getting off at King's Cross. So I'm, you know, I'll be off in the, the next one. She says, oh, um, are you after business? And I thought, oh, right, okay. <laughs> That's probably not gone where I, I expected it to go. So, so I said, no, 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 it's not like that. And I think some of the people were kind of like smirking around me. So, you know, it, it didn't quite go the way that I, I'd hoped it would. Um, I'm, I did mention Trinity Church, um, so maybe she turned up there one day, I don't know. But see, when you minister to the poor, it doesn't always go the way that you think it's going to go. And, they, um, and people will try to, you know, manipulate you. They will try to do all sorts of stuff. But that's, that's, that's okay. Love overcomes all of that. Love's greater than all of that. You know, when you're on the street and you've got no money and no friends and, and you've burnt every bridge that was ever possible to, to help you, all you have is your story. That's all you've got. You haven't anything else. And we need to have... We need to have compassion on the Jennies of this world. That she would want to, you know, sell herself to me for money. She's about the same age as my daughter. Yeah, and you know, it just breaks me, you know, that there is such need out there. And the solution that God has created to meet that need is us. There ain't anybody else coming. The church is the answer. And I don't just mean the, the, the corporation. I mean as individuals, each one of us, we are the answer to the need out there. I've heard people say that during the lockdown that um, the church has been closed. It has not been closed. We've been out there. I've had some great stories of what God has been doing in this time. But Jesus in this passage is teaching into um, what our motivation is. For when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What on earth does that mean? Is there some kind of um, spiritual gift of, of not knowing what your left hand is doing. I mean, how is it possible? Or, or like Steve was talking about, about, you know, I mean, I guess there are times like Steve was saying about, you know, your left hand being used to wipe your bum um, last week. Uh, whether or not, you know, there are, there are times when you really don't know, your, your right hand really doesn't want to know what your left hand is doing. Um, I, I'm not sure. But um, Jesus is obviously using what's called hyperbole, 
which is basically he's making a point, he's exaggerating to make a point, to show that um, our giving shouldn't be done to glorify us, it should be done to glorify God. It's not about glorifying us and us being seen. It's about giving glory to God. And there's, you know, in Matthew 5, 16, um, when we started the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So in that passage in the Sermon on the Mount, he's saying, give glory to the Father in heaven so that, that our light is supposed to shine. We're not supposed to keep it secret. And then in Matthew 6, he's saying, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. And so it's about the motivation of your heart. If you're going out there to show off and look good, then you've got it wrong. But if you're going out there because God has called you and you have, have love and compassion then God will get the glory. See, that's the point. God will get the glory. And everything we do is to give glory to God. Our worship, our lives are about giving glory to God. The dignity that we treat people with when we give to somebody. And that's not saying as well, church, don't get confused that we should be quiet about the things that God does in our lives because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We need to testify what God is doing amongst us. So he is glorified even more. Sometimes we, we misunderstand this text and we, we keep everything that goes on as secret. Because we're frightened of losing a reward. It's not about that. We need to boast, but boast in the Lord and what the Lord is doing in our lives and amongst us. We need to boast in God. We need to give glory to God for the things that he's done. During lockdown, um, we, we got a call one night from a member of this church um, about a guy who, um, a homeless guy um, that we had some connection with here at Jubilee, that he was on his way to the Humber Bridge to throw himself off. Just this call, just randomly. I mean, what do you do with that? So we prayed, I got in the car, and as I was going, I was saying, God, Get, get me to this guy. Get me, to, get me to him. I managed to find him at the Humber Bridge, which is not where he was normally hanging out. Um, and he was in complete bits. Um, been on heroin for years. Messed up. Ready to end it all. And we just entered lockdown, so nothing was open. Nobody was available. There was nobody else. There was nobody else. I don't know if God does send substitutes. I've never, I've never really, I've been wrestling with it, you know, through reading the God's word for many, many years, and I'm not sure that God sends substitutes. I'm not sure he does. He might do. He's sovereign. But I don't know. So what do we do? So I, obviously I prayed for him there and then. But I couldn't leave him. 
So I rang Deb and I said, I'm, I'm bringing somebody home um, to stay at ours. And so I brought him home. And um, it was a mess. Um, but during that time that he was with us, he gave his life to Jesus. And we, and we managed to get him into um, permanent accommodation and um, help him. But we saw such a great change in a short time. And then we just was marveled at the way that he started to want to help other people. And we got a team together and we started doing like little projects to keep some of these guys busy and um, helping other people that were in need. And then we saw him and some of the other guys giving of their, their own money, their benefits and stuff to help other people. And we were really moved. See, Jesus talks about reward, doesn't he? You know, then you will receive your reward in full. And I, I, I kind of like felt like that was like a reward for me. I, I love seeing what God was doing. Because it was God that was doing that. God may have used us to step in, but it was God that was doing that. It was his design. He did it so that he would get the glory. Now, that guy is um, at the moment um, not doing great, but it's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. We, we have relationship. There is relationship. He, is, he knows who Jesus is. Yeah, when, in Proverbs 19, 17, it says, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he'll reward you for what you've done. And, um, yeah. And at the end of the passage that we've been looking at this morning, Matthew 6, 1 to 4, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What is, what is that reward? Is it a better resurrection? Maybe. I don't know. Is it favor with God? We're going to be looking at, um, in the next couple of weeks, treasure stored up in heaven. And I think that's maybe part of the answer. But you know, if you was to ask me what, what a reward would be, it would, that, it would be that I would have more seed to sow and more opportunity. See, I think the more that you give and the more that you serve him, the more he gives you to serve with and the more opportunity he gives you. It's like if you, if you never step outside of your house, if you never get off your settee, if you never go anywhere and do anything, if you never um, you know, push yourself to go beyond and, and never allow God's spirit to guide you and, and lead you into um, a new, exciting adventure with him, then you'll never know. I was watching The Hobbit last night, and, you know, the unexpected journey where, where Bilbo Baggins is quite, quite comfortable, isn't he, in his, his hobbit hole with his doilies and his, his masses of food. And then all of a sudden he gets pushed out the door and ends up going on a great adventure. I wonder when Tolkien wrote that, whether or not that's what he was thinking about. Like the early Celtic Christians that just got into a boat and put up the sail and allowed the Spirit of God just to blow them wherever. God would blow them to by the, by the wind and, and they would end, end up wherever and then they would, they would preach the gospel there. 
Maybe it's a bit like that. Can the band come back up, please? And I'm going to kind of um, finish off. The message um, version of the Bible kind of sums up this text really, really well. It says, be especially careful when you are trying to do good, when you're trying to be good so that you don't make it a performance. Sorry, let me read that again. Be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. I love that. It's not about you. It's about him. Glorify him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we pray this morning that you would, by your Holy Spirit, right now, where we are at home, that God, you would break our hearts for the things that break yours. That God, you would come by your Spirit. And that God, you would show us um, the need. Show us, Lord God, what you're calling us to, each one of us, the, the people that you're calling us to. And Lord, when we give, not if we give, when we give, help us to do it in a way that glorifies you and your kingdom. And Lord, help us, help us, Lord God, to minister to those in need around us, in our streets, in our communities, in our cities, in our towns, and the, and the people of the earth. Help us, Lord God. We are, we are your bride, Lord God, and we pray that you would come. Help us to go to those in need. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that you can engage with the, the worship and uh, just allow God's spirit to, to break your heart and to touch you and to move you into a new a new place where you can um, be used of him and know him in a in a greater way god bless you